I want to know, have any of you guys ever planted a tree or, or, or grown a plant or any kind of living tomatoes? Yes, those are plants. You've grown plants. Okay, so many of you guys have. I'm not a plant guy. Like, I don't, we don't have plants in our house or anything like that. Um, so let me ask you this. If you want a plant to grow or you want the tree to grow or whatever it may be, um, do you just, like, magically expect it to happen? No, what do you have to do? Good soil, water it, and sunlight, or right, the proper amount of sunlight or shade and water. Right. We have to do things before we can expect it to grow. Okay? We got to plant the seed, we got to get good soil, we got to water it, make sure it gets sunlight, then we can expect it to grow. So I'm going to come back to the tree in a few minutes. I just want to lay that out there. I'll come back to that at the end. Um, we're going to be in Acts chapter 3 tonight, starting on verse 1. If you have your phones, you can get them out. Actually, you're gonna, if you have a phone, you're going to need it uh, before the night is out. Um, and so, uh, uh, but if you just want to get it out for the Bible app, that's, that's there as well as usual. Um, Acts chapter 3, starting in verse 1, starts like this. It says, one day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. So who are the first two characters in our story tonight? Peter and John, right? We've got Peter and we've got John. Uh, they are going up to the temple to pray at 3 in the afternoon. So there's our first set, of, set of, of, of characters, okay? It's pretty simple. Now, we need to talk a little bit of context here. Uh, this is Acts chapter 3. Anybody know what happened in Acts chapter 2 right before this? Got the Holy Spirit, and then Peter preached, and how many people got saved? 3,000. 3,000 people got saved, and then... Uh, it says at the end of Acts chapter 2 that people were added to their number daily. So 3,000 people got saved at once. And then over the course of the next however long, there were people getting saved daily. So the church is growing. So it's safe to say Peter and John are all jacked up on Mountain Dew. They're all jacked up on the power of God, okay? When you get the Holy Spirit and then you preach a sermon that saves, that gets 3,000 people saved, you are in a good mood, all right? That is probably safe to say. Now, verse 2, we get to introduce into a third character. It says, now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. So let's, yes ma'am. No, the gate was called Beautiful. The temple gate was called Beautiful. We don't know this guy's name. All we know is that he's a lame man. Now let's think about, about this guy's life, okay? This guy has never walked in his life. Never once. Never stood up, never walked, never done anything like that. What he has done what his day looks like every day of his life is he wakes up, somebody picks him up, they carry him to this gate, okay? They put him outside this gate, probably sitting on the ground. Hopefully there's a mat or something, but we don't know. He's sitting beside this gate every day of his life, and he sits there and begs. Now, it says they put him there, which means he doesn't really have any control over it. He didn't say he put himself there. It says they put him there. So he, they could put him wherever they wanted. They could just take him and, you know, but they put him by this gate every day. And all day he sits there and he begs for money. Okay, that's, that's his job basically is he sits by this gate and he begs for money. Then when the night comes, whatever, somebody picks him up and takes him back home. He has no control over this. He has no ability to to walk or to choose where he goes, this is totally, uh, do what? He's lame. That means he can't walk. It doesn't mean he's lame like he's not cool. It means he's lame. Lame means he can't walk, okay? Okay, lame. So, so this guy cannot walk. He cannot choose where he goes. 
So that's his life. Now, if that was your life, what would your mood be most of the time? Upset, mad, aggravated, bitter, very possibly, yeah. Tell me this, what would be your biggest wish, your biggest desire in life? To be able to walk, right? It's probably safe to say that, you know, out of all the things this guy probably wanted, walking was probably very high on that list. So this is where our characters start to interact. We had our first two characters, Peter and John. Then we get the lame man. Now we get to verse 3, and they start to interact, okay? It says, when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Okay, we talked about that. That was his job, was to beg for money. Every day, this guy begged for money. That was all he did. That was his livelihood, was sitting there and asking for money. Now, we know that this is in Jerusalem. This is where Peter and John lived. They had spent large parts of their life there. And so it's safe to say they had probably seen this guy. We know this guy is a man. That means he's a grown-up. He had probably been there most of his life. So they've seen this guy before. Anybody have anybody, like, maybe... Maybe think about it in school. You walk like the same route between your classes every day, and you pass the same people every day, right? And you may not even know them, but you see the same people. You see that same couple making out on this side of the hallway, and you see that same, you know, every day you pass the same people. That's what we have here. Say what? I know. I know it's true. I, I remember high school. That part hadn't changed, you know. And so... That's what, that's what we have here. These guys see this guy every day probably. Every day that they're in Jerusalem, they go to the temple to pray. They see this man sitting by the gate begging for money. This is normal. Now, I find this interesting because they had probably passed by this guy hundreds of times. And the Bible never wrote any of them down. The Bible doesn't write them down. Because nothing in particular happened. What changed on this day? What did the man do that changed on this day? Yes. He asked them for some money. Right? He asked them for money. Now, I noticed, now, now here's the idea, is that something doesn't happen. There's nothing worth notice, noticing until he asks for something. Okay? He asked them for money. Now let's ask this question. Let's start to apply this story to us. What is it that you need from God? Okay, think about that kind of in your own life. What is it you need God to provide in your life? What is it something, it could be something physical, it could be something, you know, that you need just to survive. Maybe it's something spiritual, something emotional that you need God to provide in your life. Okay? Again, the question is this, what do you need from God, and have you asked him for it yet? Because I think sometimes we don't do that. We're like, oh, God doesn't care about my little problems. God, you know, I've thought that before. Like, oh, God doesn't care about that. That's minor. God's not going to want me to ask about that, okay? But the Bible tells us in Matthew 7, 7 through 11, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks the door will be opened. Which of you? if your son asked for bread, would give him a stone, or if he asked for a fish, would give him a snake. If you then, though you are evil, know how to good gifts to your, give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good, give good gifts bleh, to those who ask him? So Jesus, and this is, these are red letter, this is Jesus, and Jesus says, hey, listen, you got to ask God for things. God wants to give you good things, and it's okay to ask for them. Now, I do need to throw this out there. God is not some cosmic vending machine. Okay, y'all remember, and I wanted to get one of these, and I never did. You know, like, when you're at, like, the store or whatever, they have those little vending machines where you put, like, the quarter in, you get, like, the little temporary tattoo or the sticker thing, right? And, and if you get the one you didn't want, what do you do? You put it in, you ask for another quarter, right? Like, mom, that, right? Every time you leave the grocery store, you want the stoop, or the little, they had those little sticky hands that, you, that slapped on everything. You know, God is not 
a, a cosmic vending machine, some supernatural thing where you put a quarter in and you get what you want. But he does tell us, ask for the things that you need because God's a good, a good father and he wants to provide that. No matter how small you think it is, God cares about it. Okay, the Bible says in other places that his eye is on the sparrow. A sparrow is a little bitty bird, and if he cares so much about a sparrow, you know he's going to care for us, his prized possession. Even the lilies of the field are dressed and they're clothed in their splendor. How much more is he going to clothe us, his prized possession, the people that he created in his own image? So we have to ask God for what we want. Okay, first things first, ask for what you need. Not necessarily what you want, but once you need, ask God for it. Now, let's look at Peter's response. Act Acts 3, 4, Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. Somebody look straight at the person next to you. Yes, look straight at the person next to you. It's kind of awkward. That's okay. That's, that's exactly what they do. They look at him. Peter says, or Peter looks straight at him. So Peter's like right here. He's got eye contact going. You know, he's got the, and he says, and then, and they both looked at him. So now he's got two guys staring at him. That's weird, right? We all, you know, like if two or three people are staring at you, that's weird. Well, that's what's happening here. Then Peter says, look at us. Now, I know this from experience that sometimes when we ask for something, um, God tries to get our attention. Anybody ever had God do something where he's trying to get your attention? I have, like, like I'll tell you something, this is something God taught me just recently. Um, y'all know me, I am like super to-do list organized guy, I'm big on to-do lists and on, on, and, and on agendas, and I always want to know what my next task is. I like to be able to say, okay, I've accomplished this today. And because of that, I'm not real good at just relaxing and enjoying the moments that I'm in. Um, that's just something that I'm not great at, even though the Bible tells us to rest, and, uh, but I'm not real great at that. So a couple weeks ago, God kind of hit me over the head with this. God taught me this thing. I was at the Black Magic May show a couple, couple weeks ago, and I, I had to play three songs, and the first one was right before intermission, and I had one right after intermission, and then a little bit more, and then one more song. And so the second to last song every night is like my favorite song in the world right now. It's called Run to You. Um, and the, they were just killing it every night. And that night, or that song, every night, I got to sit in the audience or stand in the back of the audience and just listen to the music. Man, big five-part, thick music nerd harmony. And I was able to just sit and enjoy it because I wasn't thinking about when my next song was. I didn't have to think about my cue to come back out. Remember that time I'd already put my instrument away in my truck, and I was just listening to the music and, and reveling in it and just soaking in the harmonies that they were singing. And that was God's way of going, hey, Chill out, relax, you get to do this. This is a time when you can do that. And so God will do that sometimes. God will just get our attention. And so then, so the question again to our application is this. You say, okay, I've asked God for what it is that I need, but how is he trying to get your attention? Okay, God may put things in our lives. He may put people in our lives. He may put situations in our lives where there's something we need to learn from that situation, and God is trying to get our attention. In this case, the guy said to the man, hey, look at me. God doesn't normally say that. I've never heard the voice of God say, hey, look at me. Okay, that would be weird. That would freak me out, I'll admit. But, uh, but God will put stuff in our lives. God will put things in our path for that very reason. And so, again, it's a question. How has God been trying to get your attention? Think, think back on the last week, the last two weeks, the last three weeks, the last month, and think about, okay, what has God been doing to try and get my attention Verse 5 says this, so the man gave him his attention. Well, that was a good job by him. Expecting to get something from them. This is super important because he asked them for something. They said, pay attention. 
But he didn't have to pay attention at that point. How many of y'all, when your teachers have said pay attention, you have ignored them? At some point in your life, all of us probably have. I have done that, of course, you know. When your teacher's like, hey, pay attention, and you're just like in your own little world, you're daydreaming, you're on your phone, whatever it may be. Uh, some of y'all do that to me every week. It's okay. Uh, but here's the thing. Just because God asks for our attention doesn't mean we have to give it to him, and it doesn't mean that they had to give it doesn't mean that the lame man had to give Peter and John his attention. He didn't have to. He did not have to do that. He could have just ignored them, kept on moving, just looked to the next person. Because all he wanted, he may, you know, he may have had his little cup out there. And he may have thought, you know what, they're not going to give me money. They're, now they're great. Now these guys are going to start a conversation. They're going to block up the road. He could have just been like, no, don't worry about it, guys. Keep moving. If money or nothing, you know. But he didn't. He stopped and gave them his attention. Okay? Now, Earlier we asked a question. I hope you've kind of been thinking about it. I want you to take your phones out, pull, out your, pull up your messaging, your texting or whatever, and Wes, go to the next slide. There's a poll. We're going to see live poll results right here on the screen tonight. The number you're going to put in to text 2 is 22333. Okay, so that's what you're going to put in the address bar. And then in the message, you're going to put 61603. Space, and then you're going to type in whatever you want or need from camp. What is it that you are going into camp next week, and you say, this is something that I want to get from camp. It could be, it can be whatever. Some of y'all who have been to camp before, you know the drill. But, uh, um, so you got, again, the address you're going to type in is 22333, and the message is going to say 61603, and then you're going to type in a space, whatever, and then put in whatever you need from camp, and it's going to appear right there on the screen in, in real time. No, it will not put their name or anything like that. It will, it will be totally anonymous. Okay. You got it? You, 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 you sure? Have you got it figured out? There we go. A change in life. Somebody responded, a change in life. Okay. What do you need from camp is the question for the night. To get closer to God, that's a good one. All right. Now we're starting to get going here. Renewed and refreshed in the spirit. Okay. I guess I can do one too while I'm thinking about it. A chance to get away from everything. It's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Free food. All right. I bet I can guess who that was. <laughs> oh, that was you? Okay. Oh. To feel the Holy Spirit move through me. Hi, Tony. A tan. There we go. All right. So here's the thing. This is what we need from camp. Some of us going into camp, we say, this is what I want. This is what I need. We you know, refreshing in the spirit. Want to get closer to God. A chance to just get away from everything. I hear that. Renewing. Uh, to feel the Holy Spirit move through me. These are all great things, okay? Whoever put free food in tan, you, well, hopefully God will focus you when you get there. Uh, um, but again, we got to ask for these things, and then we got to give God our attention, and then we got to expect that God's going to do it. Because here's the thing, and here's the big, here's the big point in this story, and my favorite part of this story is very simple. Okay, the resolution, verses 6 and 7. Then what did Peter say? Somebody say, somebody tell, what did Peter say? Silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give to you. Yeah, what's the end? 
In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. Yes. Right? Y'all remember that song? Yeah. Silver and gold. Yeah, I remember the song too. What? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, just like that. Uh, and then it says in verse 7, taking, well, she can go to the next slide, but taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. Now, what did the man ask for? Money. He wanted a couple cents. He's like, hey, man, you got a, you know, you got a, you got a quarter you can put in my deal. You know, we've all seen that, right, where, the, you know, you walk by somebody like, hey, you got a quarter whatever. Um, that's all he asked for. What he got was a crazy, life-changing, life-altering experience. Because all of a sudden, this is a man, normally in biblical terms, if it called a guy a man, he was probably 40 or older. Normally anybody under 40 was a young man. So this guy is a man. He's probably in his 40s or older. And so this is a man who has never walked in his life. There's a, this is a guy who has never walked in his life. He's a grown man who has never taken a step. Earlier we talked about if you could step on these eggs, that guy would have no concept of that because he's never stepped on anything. He's never taken a step of any kind. And all of a sudden, I know, I said I didn't have, I said I didn't have a way to tie it into the sermon, and I found a way. What can I say? I, th- I really didn't plan that. I promise that was, that's not in my notes or nothing. It just worked out that way. Uh, I know. Okay. <laughs> he has never walked in his life, and, and all he asked for was a few cents. He said, hey, do you guys have any money? And what he got instead was this crazy life-changing ex, uh, experience that he did not know he was going to get that day. But he only got that when he asked, gave, God, or gave them his attention, and then expected it. Now, earlier we talked about the tree. We talked about, first we've got to plant the seed. Okay, that's the ask. Stay with me, guys. Stay with me. I know. I know. Stay with me. Montana, stay, please. First, we got to plant a seed. That's the ask. Again, so many of us think, oh, this seed is too small. God's not going to care about this little thing. You know, the Bible talks about having faith of a mustard seed. The reason the Bible uses that is because the mustard seed is really like one of the smallest seeds. I mean, we think about a seed, it's pretty small. Mustard seed is really small. So we got to plant that seed. We have to ask. Okay, that's part of the reason I had us do that poll thing. You know, just to see, you know, we got to put it out there. Sometimes you just got to say it. We got to ask. Second, we got to give the plant our attention, right? You can't just plant the seed and walk away. We talked about earlier, you got to water it. You got to make sure it gets the appropriate amount of sunlight, all that kind of stuff, okay? Then we can expect it to grow. So some of us going into camp now, we're, you know, we're kind of gearing up for camp. And you say, there's stuff I need. There's, there's a spiritual refreshing, renewing that I need. First, we got to ask for it. Okay, God knows, yes, but he also tells us, ask for what it is that you want. Okay, we read earlier, Matthew 7, in the, in the Sermon on the Mount. He says, ask your father. He's a good father who wants to give things to you. We've got to ask for what it is. Then we've got to give him our attention. I think this is the biggest one in my life, and I'm a pastor. So, I mean, I know how busy I am, how to-do list oriented I can get. I forget to give God my attention sometimes, man. And this goes back to what we talked about about three weeks ago uh, when I talked about the prodigal progress. Uh, Prodigal Perspectives, the first week I talked about the brother. This is the same thing. It's about focus. It's about making sure God has our attention. That's part of the reason camp is so awesome because we're so far out in the middle of nowhere. you got no Internet. you got little to no cell phone reception. There's nothing else to give your attention to. It's really easy to give God our attention at camp. Okay, but what about this? What about for the next, whatever, five days? we got five days till we leave. Can you give God your attention for these five days? Can you make him a priority for these five days? It might be... Uh, 
That might be starting a quiet time that you've never done before, you haven't done in a while. It might be restarting the quiet time that you haven't done in a while. Maybe it's, you know what, God wants a little bit more. You say, no, I do my five minutes in the morning, that's cool. But maybe for the next few days as we prepare for, for camp, maybe God wants a little bit more. Maybe God wants you to fast a little bit over the next few days. I haven't talked about that in quite a while, but maybe God wants you to give up a meal and focus on God for, for a half hour instead of eating. There's all kind of biblical precedent about how, how useful fasting is. Um, we're at a church in... In, uh, in El Paso last week for district council, the pastor there in like his office area has a small apartment for when he fasts and prays. He just can stay there. He doesn't have to go home. He doesn't have to see, you know, he doesn't have to drive past all the fast food places, whatever. He stays in the church for whatever, like a couple of days or overnight or whatever while he's fasting and praying. Okay, so maybe you need to fast a little bit between now and, and, and camp next week to get your focus on God, to get our focus where it needs to be to prepare, getting our attention on Jesus, and then come into camp expecting, you know. Come into camp saying, you know what, God, I know you have something good for me, and I'm expecting it, and I'm not leaving here until I get it, because God wants that. God wants to do something in every life at camp. God wants to do something in every life at camp. I firmly believe that. And, uh, but we have to come expecting. And you know what? This doesn't apply just to camp. This applies to every day. You know, you get to that point where it's like, man, God, I just need this. I need a fresh, you know, I have uh, often, you know, God, I just need a fresh encouragement. God, I'm getting tired. I'm getting bogged down in the day-to-day minutia. And God, I just need a fresh encouragement. You know, I got to ask for that, and I got to expect it. I got to ask. I got to focus on God. I got to expect it. You know, every church service, every youth service, every day at school, God wants to do great things, but we come and we're like, oh, man, it's just another day at school. Nothing good can happen here. It's school. Today's going to stink just like yesterday did, just like last week did. What if you went to school expecting God to move? What if you went to school and say, you know what, I have asked for God to move in my class. I have focused on Jesus, and I'm expecting a change. I'm expecting somebody to meet Jesus. I'm expecting something to happen. What if that was your attitude going into the school day? God can do crazy things, but we got to ask, we got to focus, and we got to expect every day of our life. Every day, every trip, every time we leave the house, God wants to do great things. Peter and John, I bet you when they left the house, they weren't, you know, they may not have known specifically what was going to happen. We know that guy didn't necessarily expect that to happen. The guy didn't know, but, but Peter and John left the house saying, you know what? I believe they, they said, you know what? Something's going to happen today. Something good's going to happen today. They got the power of God on them. Again, we talked about Peter had just preached to 3,000 people and they all got saved. And so, you know, Peter and John probably left the house that day saying, you know what? God's going to use us today. It's the same guy they see every, every week. Again, two weeks ago, we wrote down our run cards. We wrote down these people that we're praying for, and we've already had the beginnings of a testimony on one of them. It's crazy awesome. I haven't talked to that person to see if I can share it, but, uh, so I'm not going to. But, man, God, literally the day after we wrote these down, God started working in these situations. It was, oh, it was so cool. Um, if you don't know what this is, listen to the sermon from two weeks ago, and you'll understand what the run card is. Um, that's the sermon called The Father. It's on iTunes. It's on the website. But, uh, you know, that's what these run cards are all about. It's about expecting something to happen in those lives. We asked. That's what we wrote. We wrote the run card down. We asked. And we got to focus on Jesus and expect that he's going to do something in our lives. So here's the thing. As we begin to close, uh, again, the, as we focus on camp, the question is this. 
What do you need from camp? We already wrote that. We, we, we texted that thing, and it was cool. Number two, have you asked for it? Have you gone to God and said, God, I need this? Have you prayed and said, maybe even said aloud, I don't know how your prayer time works, but, you know, have you said, you know what, Lord, I need this change this week. I need a refreshing of the Holy Spirit. I've been filled with the Spirit before, but, but I haven't felt His presence in a long time. Maybe it's you just need a, like somebody said, just need to get away. I just need a break from my friends, and I need a break from all the distractions. Number two, are you focused on Jesus? And again, I would encourage you, don't wait till camp for this. Yes, camp is great. That's part of the reason we go to camp. It's part of the reason I love our camp, being out in the middle of stinking nowhere because there's nothing else to focus on. But have you focused on Jesus? Do you focus on Jesus when you're at home? Do you make time every day to focus on him? In the next five days before we leave, will you prepare by focusing on Jesus? Again, I mentioned earlier, if you need to fast, if, if, you, if you don't know what that is, come talk to me. I'll, I'll help you. I'll explain that and kind of we can talk through that. But, uh, you know, if you need to fast and focus on Jesus a little bit this week, then do that. Are you focused on Jesus? And then three, show up with, a, with an expecting heart. Show up Sunday morning to church with an expectant heart where God's going to work. We know, man, this past Sunday was so good, Pastor Todd. You know, brought such a good word, and there were people in the altars, and families got changed on Sunday because somebody came expecting. And I expect that every week here. I expect that, that the word of God, through, through my flawed delivery, though it may be, the word of God is going to change lives, and it's gonna cha- it, it changes mine. I mean, every, just about every week, all my best sermons are the ones that jacked me up the week I was preparing them. I'm just telling you all. The more, the more it messes me up and the more I get convicted, I think those are my best sermons. But... Uh, you know, I show up to youth every week expecting that the Word of God is going to change somebody. Well, you show up to camp expecting something different. You say, I've been to camp three or four times. Great. Show up expecting something new this year. Because God is always doing a new thing. And Isaiah talks about that. God is doing a new thing. And yes, the old thing was great, but God wants to do new things. The book of Job, it says, your ladder will be greater than your past. The the What's coming is going to be better than what we had before. Are you expecting that? If y'all will close your eyes, I'm just going to, I'm just going to pray over you. And, and I want you to do those things. Again, I want you to ask God. This is a time for not just for me to pray at you, but for, for you to be praying in your own, in your own heart and in your own life. And begin to ask God for what it is you need. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for these students, God, and for the God, just for, for what you are preparing, the work that you are preparing in our lives. God, I thank you for that in advance for what you're going to do. And God, I come before you tonight, Lord, just presenting these requests to you, God, for, for a refreshing in the spirit. God, for, uh, for a chance to just get away. God, we lift these petitions up to you. We cast our cares on you. And God, I come before you to offer those things to you. Lord, for a, God, for students to get saved. I'm asking right now, God, that people meet you for the first time. God, I ask that you will, uh, that you will restart relationship with some students this week at camp. God, that you will refresh us, Lord. God, that we will get a fresh revelation of what 
you are and who you are in our lives. God, I pray there are students who are, who are seeking direction and who are coming up on uh, big choices in their life and big changes in their life, God, of all ages. And Lord, I pray right now direction for those lives. God, I pray clear vision for lives. And God, I pray, Lord, we ask, we bring these things to you. God, I ask you that you would help these students and help me, God, to focus on you. As we prepare for camp, as we spend these next couple of days getting ready, sure we're packing and, we're, and we're, we're, we're getting our packing list ready and we're making sure we got all the right clothes and all that kind of stuff. God, but more than just preparing in the physical, I pray that we would prepare in the spiritual. God, that we would focus on you, that these next couple days you would begin the work you're going to finish at camp. Lord, that you would begin to speak in our lives, that we would not wait till we get to the altar on Monday night at camp to let you into our lives, Lord, but that each and every day, each and every morning, each and every night, each and every afternoon, you would have full access to our lives. And we would give you our attention, God, above the to-do list and above the the... The, the stuff that our parents want us to do around the house and, the, and whatever else that's going on, Lord, above all of those things, that you would get our attention over this week. That you would have our full devotion. And God, we come expecting. God, we come expecting that you are going to do good things in our lives. We know that your word said you were able to do far above all that we could ask for or imagine. And so tonight we have things that we're asking for and we're expecting those things, but we're expecting so much more at the same time. God, we're expecting heart changes and life changes. God, we're expecting more than we can even imagine. Things that I can't even comprehend, we know that you have planned. You've already got them written down on your to-do list for next week at camp. God, at Roaring Springs, and even tonight as the kids' camp starts to this very day or the next couple days, God, that you would change lives and you would change hearts. And little kids are being filled with the Spirit and little kids are, are being healed and little kids are, being, are, are, are experiencing a call to ministry, God. If you can do that in eight, nine, ten-year-olds, how much more can you do in us? God, we come expecting, we come desiring, and we come asking you for these things. God, I pray that you would keep these students safe as we go this week and as we uh, get ready for camp and for whatever else is going on this summer. Just keep us safe. Keep us healthy. And, and God, that you would bless each and every student uh, as they go and as they come back again. God, we just, we're so excited for the work that you are going to do, Lord. I am. And I pray that each student has that same level of expectancy and excitement, God. God, we thank you. We love you. And to your name we pray. Amen.